0: <clears throat> See, I'm still I'm still battling the last stages of a cold, because, you know, recovery's a slow ride when you're fueling your body with a diet of f- cigarettes and whatever delicacies I can scrounge up at 7-Eleven. Oh, except for 7-Eleven pizza, of course. I will not ever eat that again. Man, that looks so bad, only Jeffrey Dahmer would order that. And I'm off the steel reserves. I have been for a while. Steel reserves is one of the stages of alcoholism, and I'm not doing that. But whatever, at this rate, I think I've accumulated enough 7-Eleven points to retire and buy my own island. So anyways, if you hear me cough during the podcast, just know that it's only because I don't respect you. See, that's how this operation works. There's no stopping, there's no pausing, no editing at all. This podcast is hit it and quit it. Once I hit stop, this hot mess isn't my problem anymore. It's yours. So if you do find some joy in this catastrophe, great. Slap a good review on it. If you hate it, well, trash it in the ratings. I don't care. The reviews lately have been so generous, you could get a tax break for an act of charity that great, you know? So, five stars or one star, wherever you're tuning in, whether it's Apple, Spotify, MySpace, or Grindr. Anyways, welcome to episode number Who Gives a Shit of the Valley, boys. I am your host, Dave Weasel. Let's get this over with. Okay, so here's the thing about turning 30, or being anywhere in your 30s. Suddenly, every outing becomes a production. When you're 20s, you know, going out of town is like, oh, cool, a road trip? We'll just... Toss a toothbrush in a bag. Maybe, maybe I'll remember some deodorant, and uh, off you go. In your thirties, it's a it's a, it's a whole spreadsheet of logistics. There's uh, checking the work calendar, aligning it with your partner's calendar, figuring out who's going to water the plants and feed the cat. There's arranging a cat sitter because that's what you do now. You're responsible. You can't just leave the kitty cat with an overflowing food dish for three days like you do in your twenties. But all right, let's talk about the real problem here: the gift. So if you're going out of town for a friend's birthday, you've already spent money on gas and a hotel, and you put the effort into organizing your whole adult life to make this trip. But the real question is, do you have to buy this friend who's also in their 30s a gift? I mean, I remember birthdays in, in my early 20s, you know, just show up with a bottle of the cheapest wine that tasted like vinegar and regret, and everyone would be thrilled. It was a simpler time. You know, but now everyone's all matured got jobs and kids and mortgages and a collection of houseplants that's just one fern away from being a full-blown jungle. And then there's this quiet, unspoken understanding that if you show up to a birthday empty-handed, you've basically committed a cardinal sin of adulthood. But also, what do you buy a grown man in his 30s? Socks? A tie? One of those overly fancy grooming kits with a, for beards with the oils and the bombs? Does he even have a beard? If he doesn't, you're not pushing a grooming agenda. It's a minefield. And it's not just the present, it's the wrapping as well. Because back in the day, you could hand over your gift in a plastic bag from the store you bought it from. Now there's an expectation of gift wrap or God forbid those fancy gift bags with the tissue paper that's always just a little bit too much and it never looks as good as, as it does online. Anyways, whatever. So this weekend, went to San Diego, specifically Ocean Beach. Now first of all, let me tell you about the ride from LA to San Diego. You'd think the biggest problem on such a journey would be the traffic or perhaps uh, an ill-timed playlist, but no. Our birthday boy turned the trip into his own personal symphony of farts. Every few minutes, like clockwork, he was hotboxing us with his ass bombs. We weren't just passengers in a car. We were like hostages in a Dutch oven on wheels. We had our heads hanging out the windows trying to catch a breath of fresh air. And not like in a cool, you know, movie montage sort of way. No, we looked like a like a bunch of St. Bernard's on the way to a vet. So if I were to sum up the past weekend in one single word, it would be chaos. So I got another friend. We're going to talk about this. I have another friend in particular. I'm not going to name him because I've gotten in trouble for that before. But it's like I've always said, my friendship with anyone is only to serve as fodder for this podcast. So anyways, here we go, my friend, in the span of a mere 10 hours, managed to condense uh, an entire season's worth of a reality show into our Airbnb experience. He and another buddy of ours, they, they arrive late, Friday night at like 10.30. And they take one look at their designated room, which was just bunk beds and inexplicably, inexplicably stacked to the ceiling, like, like a monument to the world's worst game of uh, Jenga. I have expected a UN peacekeeper to be outside taking notes. It was that bad. It's like this Airbnb was booked on Craigslist, so whatever. These two, they saw that and didn't like it, and they have an audacity that I can only assume comes with uh, comes from a life of never reading the room or the Airbnb description. They decide they're going to pull a real Casanova move. They're going to find uh, a different place to sleep that night, if you know what I mean. So after they made um, after they made the decision, they won't be sleeping at the Airbnb. They trash the place. Everybody else is out at a concert while well, they arrive, and they just trashed the a place. They came back to literally everything upside down. You know, the couch pillows in the fridge. It was like a toddler's fever dream. So, once that happens, we attempt a night out out in the town. We all gather at this bar. You know, mood's high, ready to kick off the birthday festivities. They're checking IDs uh, right where they serve drinks, which is the standard procedure. Except, the guest of honor, the man of the moment, the beloved birthday boy, he forgot his ID. On his birthday. That's like... Showing up to your own wedding and realizing you forgot to invite the bride. So, we got this one friend, another guy. He's kind of channeling his inner Ocean's Eleven. He decides he's going to be the hero. Once he gets his ID back, you know, it's checked, he gets the nod. He sneakily passes it over to Mr. Birthday, thinking he's about to ex- execute the perfect uh, ID relay. But guess what, man? These bouncers are not just brawny. They've got they've hawk got hawkeyes. you know? It's like trying to sneak a donut past a detective. Now, the reaction, it was immediate and fierce. The bartender, who had just been pouring drinks milliseconds before, he's now leading the chorus of get the fuck out. And the bouncer, well, let's just say he made it clear there would be no encore performance from us at that establishment, all right? We were unceremoniously evicted, and all because our birthday boy decided to go minimalist with his pockets and our friend thought he was starring in a low-budget heist movie. I mean, that's the audacity of youth, Right. Except this is the audacity of pushing middle age and being hung over just by looking at a shot of whiskey. So whatever, the first two friends that I was talking about, they show up and hit the refugee camp. Um, they found someone else's bed to crash. You know what I mean? No shock there. But here's the thing. The one guy stumbles back at the delightful hour of 8 a.m. to the Airbnb and decides to sound the alarm by waking everybody up. And where does he choose to rest his chaotic head? On the pullout couch, right in the middle of everything. So he comes in, wakes everybody up, sprawls out on the couch, releasing symphonies of snores and farts right where everyone else is gathered. And by the time he wakes up, it's pretty much time for him to go back. Right back to L.A. He's going to the Rams game. He's got to watch his beloved Philadelphia Eagles play in L.A. Now, in a move surprising to no one, he manages to get in a fight with a Rams fan and an Eagles fan. I called it. I literally told him, not to do that exact thing. It's like he's collecting trading cards of bad decisions. I swear, if chaos were a sport, this would be its Olympic champion, and we'd all be in the audience simultaneously horrified and impressed. Now, this is the most G-rated version of the story I could tell. You know, the FCC would shut this podcast down if I went into full detail of the debauchery he caused during his ten hours of terror. They had this, um, they had this beer festival going on in Ocean Beach. It's where. Uh, You know, it's pretty standard. It's the tents, the craft brews, and people pretending to know the difference between a hoppy IPA and a stout. But don't think it's all about $20 beers and uh, pretzel necklaces. This scene takes a turn. So there's this van by the beach. Now, it's not just any van. It's, It's a van that adopted the strategy of a hot dog stand, but for drugs. And they're not exactly subtle. You know, there's no shady whispers or coded exchanges. They've got a loudspeaker. Announcing their list of wares like they're selling ice cream cones on a summer day. You know, get your MDMA, fresh LSD, limited offer on mushrooms. It's like a drug supermarket on wheels and they're announcing the daily specials. And then, just when you think you've seen it all, there's this woman right on the street with a banjo. Now, busking isn't unusual. It's the flair she adds. She's got her titties out. Just strumming along, free as a bird. You know, giving a new definition to open mic night. She managed to draw a crowd, and she was pretty good at the banjo, too. It wasn't just a scenic coastal retreat. This was like stepping into an episode of The Twilight Zone meets Spring Break. The old OB, which stands for open beer. But the thing is, um, ocean beach dirt is much different than L.A. dirt. Yeah, there might be a drug van or a topless woman playing a banjo, but have you ever been on the red line in L.A., the subway? There's always someone naked that should never be naked. And there's always someone peeing. Sometimes it's the same person. But you know what? Gross, naked people peeing on a subway isn't even the worst part of public planes, trains, and automobiles. It's the it's the invasive soundscape of someone else's TikTok binge. I genuinely believe that the faint echo of videos from someone else's phone might be the modern equivalent of water torture. It's like every Doja Cat dance talons or, or 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 life hack that they watch. It's it it, it chips away. ...at the collective sanity of everyone in that confined space. So one time, I was on a, I was on a train. Um, you know, the steady rhythm of the rails beneath me. When it's interrupted by that unmistakable sound of some viral video. The lady across from me, she's about my age. She, she was deep in a TikTok void. Just volume cranked up like she was in a private screening room. And I swear, with every laugh and gasp she made... ...a part of me was contemplating if walking would be a faster mode of transportation... Now, it's moments like this. Sometimes you got to get creative, you know? Drastic times call for drastic music. Enter. Slipknot's People Equals Shit. Now, if you're unfamiliar, it's not exactly your calm Sunday brunch background track, okay? And I just blasted it. It's just this raw, aggressive song that, man, that fills up up the air, you know? Uh, And it's contrasting comically with the serene train journey, you know? So I kind of throw her a glance part challenge, part see how it feels. You know, I'm grinding my teeth. Now, I'm not I'm not usually one to fight fire with fire, but sometimes the universe needs balance. Now, she didn't even look back at me. She just got up and left the car faster than uh, someone discovering they're in the splash zone at a Shamu show. Now, is it a victory? Yeah, maybe. An overreaction? Probably. But in the unspoken war of public transport etiquette, it was a battle won for everyone who's Ever wish for a little peace of quiet. Sometimes, to restore balance in the world, you have to let out your inner weirdo, or in my case, blast out. You know how life is like navigating a maze blindfolded? One minute you're cruising along thinking you've got it all figured out, and the next you're up to your eyeballs and errands, deadlines, and the eternal conundrum. What are we going to have for dinner? Enter HelloFresh, the game changer in the realm of home cooking. I mean, the variety alone is enough to kick your mealtime monotony to the curb. I kid you not, they offer over 40 recipes every week. Gone are the days of mac and cheese marathons. Now you can mix it up with the exotic dishes like spicy shrimp tacos or a comforting bowl of autumn squash risotto. And speaking of autumn, HelloFresh has this whole seasonal thing on lock. Their farm-to-doorstep approach means every ingredient arrives at peak ripeness, making your meals pop with freshness. It's like each recipe has been touched by the spirit of fall itself, crisp, vibrant, and full of flavor. The ease factor is through the roof, too. No more wandering aimlessly through the grocery store aisles or second-guessing if you've got all the herbs and spices you need. Everything arrives pre-portioned with step by step idiot proof recipe cards that even I manage to follow. Plus, for those days when even 30 minutes in the kitchen feels like an eternity, they've got these quick and easy 15 minute meals that'll have you seated and eating before you can finish arguing about what to watch on Netflix. But let's get down to something equally essential, your wallet. If you think HelloFresh is just about convenience, you're missing half the picture. This service is a bona fide money saver. By the numbers, it's cheaper than braving the supermarket and 25% more affordable than dialing up some takeout. Extra savings mean more room in the budget for life's other pleasures like that new book you've been on or, let's be real, those concert tickets you've been hemming and hawing over. So, if your daily juggle of work, life, and the eternal what's for dinner question has you feeling like you're in a perpetual state of chaos, give HelloFresh a try. It's transformed me from a culinary amateur into someone who can actually hold their own in the kitchen. And if it can do that for a klutz like me, just think about the culinary triumphs that await you. Find out why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50ValleyBoys and use code 50ValleyBoys for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50ValleyBoys and use code 50ValleyBoys for 50% off plus free shipping. That's why it's best to have your own ride. Oh, unless you're this one guy in Minnesota. So this cup. An actual badge-wearing, donut-eating officer of the law gets recognized as an OnlyFans model by some dude she's pulled over. Okay? And then the guy, he says he can't be arrested because he saw her, quote, private parts. That's like saying you can't get food poisoning because you watch the chef wash his hands. Ah, sorry, officer. You can't charge me with public intoxication. I've seen you drunk on Chardonnay last Tuesday night, and it cost me 30 bucks. You know, for that money, I'd expect a Zoom call Where she reads me my Miranda rights in a skanky voice or something. But now this cop, she's under investigation. Which I assume involves a really awkward department meeting. You know, it's like, officer, can you explain why there are handcuffs in both your patrol car and your boudoir? (laughs) You know, one time, I knew this girl that was into getting handcuffed. Which isn't my thing. So, I planted cocaine in her car. Whatever. We all know OnlyFans. It's a website where people are charging you to see what God gave him and apparently God gave this cop a side hustle but just picture that scene okay you're driving let's say it's you you're driving you're going 15 over the speed limit because that's how you stick it to the man and then when you get pulled over by the man or in this case a woman you see naked she saunters up to the car and you think wait a minute I know those eyes I mean what are the odds right the guy may as well go buy a lottery ticket because he's on a roll so this fella he also blurts out I saw you and your husband last night for twenty nine ninety nine. Now, that is some next-level awkward. Like, do you ask for an autograph at that point? What do you do? Do you tip? Is it like a stripper cop scenario but backwards? Listen, I get it. Everyone's got to make a living, right? It's 2023. You know, it's the year of do what you got to do. But if you're going to pull people over, maybe don't – maybe – don't also ask the person they pull up on their phone, you know, during the lonely nights. It just adds a whole new layer to protect and serve, you know, like protect and serve nudes. But honestly, who's the real victim here? You know, it's the it's it really it's the other subscribers who got pulled over and didn't say anything. <laughs> They're the real losers in this. They're sitting at home stewing, looking over their speeding tickets and their only fan bills and thinking, man, I got double charged. <coughs> no respect for you. <coughs> damn it no respect I don't care all right what else is there Oh, I saw this headline mr. Beast is at it again the youtuber he's hosting a challenge where two total strangers can score five hundred thousand dollars if they can handle being locked in a room together well being placed in a room together the doors unlocked mind you um any one of you could walk out at any point but if you do that you both lose the money so it's like saw but for Millennials and instead of losing your leg, you lose half a million dollars. Probably your sanity. I mean, think about it. You could you could walk in there thinking you're all Gandhi. And two hours later, you're like, if this guy chews his gum one more time, I'm out. And would I do it? Yes, I would. You know how many months of rent in L.A. that that would cover? Like four. Probably four months of rent. And you know what? I would just walk in there all smiles. I'd be doing finger guns. You know, like, hey, buddy, we're going to be best pals. And then three days later... I've probably constructed an elaborate paper fort to divide the room, you know? Just to get a moment of peace. Now, what would I do to pass the time? First of all, I'd probably bring a harmonica. Not because I could play it, but I just want to annoy the other guy to, to make him question his life choices in this. You know, I'm playing the psychological game here. By day three, I'd probably start narrating everything in a, in a Morgan Freeman voice, you know? Here we see the other contestant considering the unlocked door, the symbol of shattered dreams. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't keep both of us entertained, it'll keep me entertained. But the thing is, you would start to really get to know that other person. I mean, really know them. What if if you actually like them? So now you've not only won half a million dollars, but you've made a new friend. Or, you know, you could totally... If you can't stand each other, then you could both get a therapist with that sweet money. It's win-win as far as I'm concerned. But remember, the door is unlocked. So the whole time, um, it's just the ultimate temptation. It's like the escape room... Except, instead of finding clues, you're just digging deep into what shreds of humanity you got left. And the whole time you're doing this, knowing that Mr. Beast is probably somewhere watching you, eating popcorn, laughing his ass off, and you know what? If he's entertained, then the internet's entertained, and then at the end of the day, isn't that what it really matters? No, it's not. It's the half a million dollars. Come on. Anyways, talking too long about that. So, what else? L.A. Kings. Oh, so I went to an L.A. Kings game the other night. Okay, the home opener. You know, and... There was excitement in the air, or maybe just the smell of desperation. Who could tell? We're playing the, Colo- the Colorado Avalanche, and if you don't know hockey, just know that the Avalanche are to the Kings what a sledgehammer is to a watermelon. You know, we're basically the Gallagher of hockey, and the watermelon never stood a chance. Now, you might be asking, Dave, why would you go watch your team get demolished? And it's like, well, some people like going to the opera and or reading classic literature. Some of us want to witness in a. Athletic equivalent of a dumpster fire while shoveling down snacks that cost as much as a small car, okay? I'm talking about $70 for a beer and a cup of popcorn. 70 bucks for that amount, the beer should be poured by Wayne Gretzky himself. And the popcorn kernel should be made of diamonds from a Stanley Cup ring, all right? $18 nachos, too, okay, which isn't a bad price, except it's just a bag of chips with a little cup of jalapenos, Okay. No anything, just a spicy middle finger in your taste buds in your wallet. You know, I looked into that cup of jalapenos, and I saw my own reflection staring back, questioning everything. Why did I do that? But whatever, the Kings, the LA Kings are doing their uh, best impression of a hockey team here, and that's what matters. But the announcers are making it sound like we're watching the moon landing, you know? It's like we're down by three. Hey, but anything can happen. It's like, cool, I could grow a tail, but let's not bank on it. And the crowd... At LA, Kings, um, at LA Kings games, there it's a combination of diehard fans and people who just lost a bet, it seems like. Every time the Kings miraculously scored, the arena erupts like we've all just won the lottery. And for a fleeting second, you forget that you're essentially burning mas- money faster than the Joker in Dark Knight. It's beautiful, really. But, you know, it's like watching a phoenix rise from the ashes only to trip on its shoelace and face plant back in the fire. So, anyways, at the end of the day, the Kings lose 5-2. to two. I walk away with an emptier wallet and a newfound appreciation for the self-inflicted emotional pain. Would I do it again? Yes. Being a Kings fan is just like that. You know, it's like a dysfunctional relationship. You know, you should leave, but the highs are too high, and the $18 jalapenos are just too spicy. Isn't that what true love is? (laughs) All right. What else? Okay, one last thing. So for those asking about it, um, I'll tell you about the continuing saga of my life as a temporary dog parent. Okay, remember the French bulldog I told you about? I initially renamed her The Horror. But I've since updated her name to The Burden. Or, and this is a title she's earned with flying colors, The Floor Shitter. That's right, this little canine ninja managed to drop a dump indoors despite being paraded around outside not even moments before committing the act. And how did I discover it? By stepping in it, of course. As if it was a landline made of Shit. I mean, my brain initially thought I stepped in Play-Doh for some reason, like that's even a possibility. But nope, it was a fully formed doggy dung trophy. The plot twist here is that I didn't even notice the smell of the fresh turd because it was completely overpowered by the dog's natural stink. I swear, this pup could give the gargoyle creature from Ghostbusters a run for its money in the stench and the looks department. So there you have it, my latest adventures in dog sitting, or as I like to call it, why I'll never take up dog parenting as a full-time gig. All right, we'll pinch it off there. I got to go vomit and cry in the shower after thinking about that. So remember to rate this shit wherever you're listening. Follow us online. I am at Dave Weasel across the board. Didn't buy my blue check mark. Got to point that out every time. We are at Valley Boys Pod on Twitter, at Valley Boys Podcast on Instagram, and I think think TikTok. I don't actually know. Just search for it uh, if you're one of our younger listeners. Um, Oh, and I understand it's not the Valley Boys anymore. I get it. You can stop pointing that out. Uh, We've talked about that last week. So keep your eyes open for a name change in the near future. Not right away, but it's coming. I got the name. I know what it is. But no, I'm not going to say it on here because one of you little jackasses is going to go and take it before I can. Anyways, from Newport Beach, by way of uh, Reseda, California, by second way of Winnipeg, Canada, I am the Valley Boy. Good night.